The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Well, I'm really excited about today's guest today. It's a guy I've been following online for quite some time on his website, Kabuki Warrior. His name is Chris Duffin, and he is a record-setting power lifter. For example, he squatted 881 pounds, set a record, world record, at a 220-pound body weight. He set some other world records as well that we'll talk about. Anyways, on the podcast today, we're going to discuss lifting heavy stuff, why men should be strong, fitness in general, nutrition, but we also talk about some big picture things because Chris has an amazing backstory. If there's such a thing as a self-made man, this guy's it. Started his life out homeless, adopted his younger siblings while he was in college, worked his way through college, master's degree, started his own family, worked his way up the corporate ladder, started his own gym, and at the same time he was training for elite level powerlifting competitions. So we talk about the mindset that Chris had to develop and how he managed his time and what was driving him to, to accomplish all that he did. I mean, just listening to his story uh, and hearing him talk is, is going to kick you in the rear to get you into action. It did for me anyways. Fantastic podcast. I think you're really going to like it. So without further ado, Mr. Chris Duffin. Chris Duffin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to, pleasure to be on. All right, so you are a competitive powerlifter. Uh, you you're a massive, massive man. Um, I mean, it's awesome, super strong. But the other day, I was looking through your Instagram feed, and I came across a picture you posted when you were 19, <laughs> and you, you didn't have the beard. I don't. What kind of shirt were you wearing? Some kind of heavy metal. I think it was Pink Floyd. Yeah, or something like that. Yep, Pink Floyd shirt. You got your elbow on this classic car. And now, you, if people will go to your site, you'll, you'll see what you look like. At the beard, you're just huge. Complete transformation. So at what point did you get serious about lifting, and when did you start powerlifting? Well, that picture was actually taken during just a couple-year break. If you, if you go back, there's pictures of me at, like, 15, and I'm just – I don't look like what a high schooler looks like. But uh, uh, So I've, I've really been active or lifting almost my entire life with the exception of that couple year block. And, uh, it relates back to, um, there's a lot of stories about kind of my backstory, my life story, um, you know, growing up homeless in the mountains and stuff like that. And, uh, so even at a very early age, you know, I was, 
if we were working mines, I was packing rocks up the side of the hills. I was splitting wood when we were, you know, uh, doing that just as an early child. And then I started lifting in high school and got involved in sports, uh, basically my, my freshman year. And I've always been, you know, from then on, I, I've lifted. I just, I pushed myself really hard in wrestling and had a lot of injuries. And uh, when I went to college, um, I was working full time. Uh, you know, doing, you know, trying to put myself through, through school. And I took a couple year break, uh, on the lifting and, uh, but then I got back into it. I mean, I just, that couple years, like things just fell apart for me. Um, you know, I started, I started drinking, I started my body. I just, I felt horrible. And, uh, so I got back into lifting and, so that was uh, late '90s, and I, I've continued to lift uh, lift since then. So you know, it's been lifting a good 20 years straight, almost at this point. Um, again, you know, a couple year break in there, and uh, I got into powerlifting in 2000. So a lot of people, you know, they 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 come to me or they see me and they say, "Man, how long did it take to get that big um, or that strong?" And you know, I know they're always expecting, you know. Oh, it's a year or two years, you yeah. know, you can get there. And it's like, no, it's, it's been 20 years of outworking everybody around me. <laughs> and I think that's a big mistake a lot of people make is, you know, not focusing on the long term and uh, thinking, thinking about just the steps in front of them or, you know, where they're going to be. And then, you know, pushing it either too hard, running too fast, and then, you know, not thinking, you know, realizing that it's going to be a long haul. You know, at some point you're gonna you're gonna level out. The gains are gonna quit coming, and you've got to keep you've got to keep you've got to keep at it. So yeah, I love talking about like. Well, well, let's get back to that later. But let's talk more about your your backstory. I mean, I I think I read this on Jack Jack Donovan actually. I think did an interview with you. You actually ended up adopting your siblings. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. So um, like I said, when I graduated high school, probably half my life I've been homeless, and this is. A different kind of like poor than you see a lot of kids these days because they're poor but they still got nice clothes they yeah. eat well and they got their their their, their, their uh, you know their iPhone or whatever it is <laughs> I'm like I don't understand that um, we grew up in the mountains like you know killing rabbits uh, <laughs> killing uh, 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 you know deer poaching um, and uh, you know, spend some time uh, being taken away from the from the family as well. We all spent some time in foster care, and uh, but you know, it was you know it was it was tough living. You know, it was you know no electricity. You know, filling up water in the in the creek with gallon jugs and setting it out in the sun so that you could you know dump it over your head once a week to get a bath. You know, kids making fun of you because you know your clothes are dirty, you stink. You know, it was it was a different world, and. Um, so it got a little bit more stable as uh, as I got into high school. So we got a uh, a mobile home. Um, of course, once we moved out, it was condemned, and the fire department burnt down because it was not livable. But it was it was pretty awesome for us anyway. And uh, but I, I I went off. I got a full ride scholarship, uh, academic scholarship. I was I was a pretty good athlete as well. Um, but uh, I was also pretty good at academics. So. Um, I got a full ride scholarship to go to school, and uh, like I said, I just kind of focused on myself for a couple years, and things kind of fell apart, you know, for me. Um, but then I took a look back home, and things had gotten really bad, and because uh, I was kind of a, somehow a stable force, um, you know, in that home environment, 
And so I had three younger sisters uh, who were not doing very well. Um, so um, I took custody of them um, and, uh, and started raising them uh, while I was going to college. So kind of one, one at a time until I had all three of them. Um, while I finished up my bachelor's degree, uh, went on to, you know, get my master's degree. You know, I was raising them while I was doing that, working full time. And, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things you have to, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So a lot of people like come in and you say, oh, that's awesome. You did that. Most people wouldn't. I, I, I think most people. I think most, yeah. You know, it's just, it, it's what you need to do. And um, so, so anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of the backstory, I guess, or the short version. The of short it. version of there's it. There's a lot of detail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that. well, during that entire time, and even now, I mean, what, what was driving you, right? I think a lot of people would get into a tough situation like that or something similar, and they would think, well, I'm just going to, they're going to collapse, and I couldn't go on. And was there something that was driving you during that entire, like some long-term goal, or was it just, just the day-to-day thinking about that, I, I got to get through this day? It, it's it's a little of both. So um, I always tell people, you know, to succeed, you know, in the gym, in life, it takes vision, consistency, and hard work. And people think about vision the wrong way. They think about it as, you know, everybody should be a dreamer. And I, I say bullshit. <laughs> yeah. There's a million dreamers out yeah. there. Everybody has a dream of, you know, being a star, being a, you know, millionaire, or whatever it is. I, I, a vision is a picture of every step along the way it takes to get there. A vision is the drudgery, the hard work, and all the things, you know, the years that it's going to take of one foot in front of the next and knowing what that's going to take to get to where you want to be. And so so there's a part of the day-to-day going, okay, I did take a step further. I took that next step. You know, maybe I didn't actually see the big results today or even a year from now, or even three years from now, but I know I'm working that path, and that path is going to get me to what that vision is that, that, that I want to live, that I want to be. And um, so that, that, that's hard, I think, for some people to grasp. You yeah. know, there's so much in the society today that is this instant gratification. You know, I can, I can get a credit card, or my parents are going to help me, or, you know, all this other stuff. And I didn't, I've never in my life had any fallback plan whatsoever everything there everything falls on me yeah there's no there's no i don't have a couch that i can go crash on at home you know i don't have (laughs) i have nothing and so you know maybe that's what what you know helped yeah with that with with developing that but um you know that's what i'm i'm a big believer you need to you need to know where you want to go yeah and you've really got to understand what the steps are to get there and how long it's going to take and you're going to have to celebrate the little wins that happen along the way because there's not going to be a you know a big all of a sudden oh you know now it's happened yeah Um, my life's changed that's not how it works (laughs) yeah so let's uh talk about powerlifting because it's a world i'm not very familiar with i'm sure a lot of people aren't familiar with it um what lifts do you typically see in a powerlifting meet and do athletes who take part in that sport, do they train, do they have to like do all the lifts or do they have to like, do they train for a specific one? Um, a little of both. So powerlifting is technically three lifts. So it is a squat, a bench press and a deadlift. And they're done in that order. And you've got three attempts at a meet. Um, so 
uh, if you make your your first attempt, you can raise it and go to the next and so on. Um, and then once you're done with your three squats, you move on to bench press. Same thing, repeats. And then you get a powerlifting total, which is your best squat, your best bench, and your best deadlift all combined. And then there are some people that specialize in either bench press or deadlift, um, which is part of powerlifting, but I don't know, it, you know, it's a big argument whether you're a bench presser, where you're, whether you're, you're an actual powerlifter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but powerlifting is the, is, is the, the three of those. Um, so those are the, you know, the three classical, you know, pure strength um, movements. Yeah, it's the ones you always ask your, your, your buds, how much you deadlift, how much you bench, how much you squat. Exactly. Exactly. Um, is there a lift that you particularly specialize in or, I mean, or you like to do or compete in? It depends on what I'm best at at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it kind of changes. Um, you know, I was an awesome bencher for a long time. That was my favorite. Um, and then I got really good at deadlift. So, of course, that was my favorite. Um, squatting is my best right now. So, you know, that's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but, uh you know, it, you often see that it kind of shifts around because it's it's really hard to bring all three of those up at once. You know, unless unless you're first starting getting into it. You know, that's something I'll get to people that have been training powerlifting for a couple of years, and they're like, "Yeah, only my deadlift's going up right now, and not my such and such." I'm like, "Well, that's that's kind of the way it works. Um, once you're past newbie gains, you know, it takes a big toll in the body to actually take all three of those." upwards all the time yeah so and you actually i set a record it wanted a lift right a thousand pound it was a deadlift or squat so i've i've set up you know a number of records through the through the years um i think the ones i'm most well known for um i did a an 881 pound squat weighing 220 pounds which Jeez. was the uh it has since been beaten by a friend of mine <laughs> <laughs> but it uh um, was a uh, uh, a world record at the time. So combination of basically all federations, all rules. Nobody had ever squatted more than that at that body weight before. Um, deadlift uh, in the gym. I'm also known for doing a, a 900 pound deadlift for almost a double. Again, around that same 220 uh, weight class. I was wearing straps, which doesn't qualify for if you're in a meet. Um, but uh, that's that's a pretty epic lift there. Um, I have the Guinness World Record for the de most deadlifted in a minute with uh, deadlifting 405 for 42 reps in 60 Whoa. seconds. And then just Wednesday night, um, I did uh, the most squatted in one minute for the Guinness World Record as well. Both those are not weight class dependent. That's just all comers. Yeah. Um, and I did uh, 500 pounds, 505 pounds for 19 reps in 60 seconds. That's insane. So, so I like kind of doing some of those little oddball stuff sometimes yeah. too, um, because you know I like demonstrating, uh, you know, the developee for development, work capacity development, things of that nature. Um, so yeah, that's those cool. Are, those are the stuff I'm I'm most well known for. So that's fantastic. Well, that's well, congratulations. That's something to be really proud of. You know, for guys who are listening who, you know, because we, we've published, like, lifting content on our site. And I've had a few guys ask, like, well, I want to get into powerlifting. Uh, what's your advice for them if they want to start doing that as their hobby or as their sport and get serious about it? Um, a great resource is to go check out uh, EliteFTS.com. Um, so there's a number of great articles, coaches, just tons of content from all over. And they are they are powerlifting. Um, 
And so that's that's a great resource there. You know, there's a lot of people that kind of sell out and branch out into other areas as soon as they get the opportunity to, and uh, they've they've retained true to that crowd. So, um, so that's where the content is directed. Um, my my YouTube channel um, and my website has a ton of great content on it uh, for helping people move better. Um, it's a lot of stuff. Um, uh, it's really a lot of like clinical based items um, really from some developmental kinesiology and stuff like that but I take that material and break it down into here's the steps step by step here's the five things that you need to do and this is how you skew the Scott the cues that you use while you're squatting um, here's the stuff you need to do to get yourself warmed up and prepped um, but it's all about proper movement which I believe is the foundation to anything it doesn't matter you know, some set and rep scheme or program that you're following. First thing first is you've got to move properly. And there's really some fundamentals to that um, that that have, it, it's actually, I, I, I just love the fact that I can put this content out there and it reaches people around the world. And, you know, I get feedback on a daily basis and I just, you know, about, you know, removing people from pain, allowing them to set PRs. And this is from beginners, intermediates to the best of the best in, in, in powerlifting. Um, so, so anyway, getting a little sidetracked there, but, yeah. um, you know, it's a great resource. So kabukiwarrior.com or my uh, YouTube channel, Kabuki07. And again, elitefts.com is a, is a tremendous resource. Um, for training knowledge. So, okay, yeah, I agree. I one of the things I love about your content in the videos is that you get really technical with the the movements, right? And it's not just to, you know, it's not like mental masturbation. Let's let's, let's get talk science, but like there's a point to it. And I love how you simplify it and give just easy cues to follow. Um, the squat video is was very helpful uh, for me. So definitely recommend you guys go check that out. So you mentioned Kabuki Warrior. All right, that's the name of your website. Yes. Okay. What is a kabuki warrior because I think it's a cool it's a cool name I hear that I'm like oh, that's pretty cool that's like that sounds badass but what, what significance what, what's the meaning behind that <laughs> um, you know it could be in any number of things there's a lot of um, I, I got to republish some old articles I've done I've done a lot of articles where I, where I relate you know how you can apply the things that you learn practice discipline those things in the gym to your career to your life and one of those is is, is the, the concept of the kabuki warrior and it could be it's that's that's taken from Japanese culture um, but it could be any number of any culture basically um, where you've got this differentiation of you know you've got the the man that's the you know the the father the farmer the part of the community but when it comes time for war that person has to transform into something else. And so you've got this ritualistic thing that happens, and it's it's been, in, I think, in almost every culture where there's either a mask or a painting of the face, or and it's this, how do you transform from that being a member of a community to this, you know, savage beast that's going to go out there and do some pretty evil, bad things to protect your tribe, your, your community? And, you know, you've got to put yourself in an entirely different frame of mind. You've got to become another person. And so that's, you know, I, I, I picked, you know, a, a kabuki mask. Um, and I didn't really pick it. That was, there's a long story from college. Um, <laughs> that's how I got that name. But the, the concept is still there. Yeah. Um, 
and that's and that's how you apply it. I mean, so many people you see them, they take the they're lifting in the gym a little bit too serious. Yeah. They go around and that's who they are, and you know they're a badass, and you know all this, and you know, and it's that's the thing that defines them, and without it, they're nothing else. And and I think that's kind of sad too, um, where. You know, if you're going to perform in the gym, you do need to you do need to have that attitude, that warrior mentality. That I'm going to drive, I'm going to push. Um, again, if you refer to my content, not push through pain or do things like they're stupid, they're going to hurt you. Um, but you, you've got to you've, you've got to have that that mentality. But you got to leave it at the door. You need to turn it on when you go in there and turn it off when you're done. Um, and so, so that's 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 my concept kind of around. Around that, I love that. That's really cool. Um, so, kind of on that same topic about your know, guys training, getting strong so they can be protectors of the tribe. I mean, one of the whenever we publish fitness content or tactical content on the site, you know, most people love it. But every once in a while, you get that that guy who's like, "Well, this is stupid." You know, being big and strong is just pointless. Like knowing how to defend yourself as dumb you know we live in this modern safe world where you know we don't need that anymore um I mean, what's your response to guys like that who say you don't need this whole weight training thing is just a waste of time you don't need to be big and strong i mean why should a man be strong even in our modern age so if we take that concept a bit further there's a lot of things we don't need to be that are manly anymore in our modern age yeah. we may as well just be a you know emasculated men or not even men anymore right i mean What's really needed? So, um, but there is a part of, I mean, that's, it doesn't change who we are, how we interact with other men, how we interact with women, how we interact with society as general is all based on, you know, females act, interact a certain way because they're women. We act, uh, interact a different way because we're men. And there's a lot of pieces to that. And if we take that away, we're actually doing a disservice to both our community um, you know, the women that would be our partners, our children, all those things, if we're not being a man, we're not, we're doing a disservice. And part of that is, part of being a man is our, we are physical. And, you know, you need to explore that physicality. It doesn't mean you have to get enormous like me, but you should be, consider yourself an athlete in some sense or another. I don't care whether it's, you know, running, doing kettlebells, doing martial arts or whatever it is, but you need to be exploring that piece of yourself to be a man and really understand what it is to be a man. Um, so, you know, if you give that up, you know, where, where are you going to draw the line? Um, you know, <laughs> you, could, you could watch the commercials and be the, you know, be the guy that's on the Tide commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I've seen that guy. <laughs> That's not a guy. <laughs> it's my point. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it's just, you know, that's that's an important piece. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, men, and this is on my, in, on my website, I mean, men should be a pillar of strength. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. That is our duty. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes that's hard. And sometimes it's, you know, it leaves you, you know, kind of alone, but that's, that's who we are. And, you know, that's, that's part of it. So, um, you know, we're, we're not the, you know, what everybody wants to sit, you know, wants, 
you know, wants us to kind of become now is going, oh, well, you should, you know, you should, you should be this, this tender thing and, you know, cry every time, you know, and, you know, it just, is that who you are? Is that who I am? No. Um, so anyway, that's just, that's my viewpoint on it. And that's, training is part of that. Yeah. And so, I mean, do you think, uh, weight training helps that other, those other aspects that like being physically strong transfers over to strengthen your family, strength as a husband, strengthen your, as that pillar in the community you were saying? Absolutely. That's exactly what I was saying. And, you know, you, you just take it, it, if you don't, it does change who you are. So if you don't train and you eat like crap and you do all these things, you know, you're going to have, you know, low testosterone. It's going to change your mind. It's going to change. It changes who you are. It changes how you interact. And you are, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to be, like I said, you're going to be doing a disservice to those that you need to be a man for. That's awesome. Um, so I follow a lot of power lifters on Instagram. I don't know how I ended up following them. I have no idea. Um, and then like on, you know, blogs and whatnot. And what I, what I appreciate about you is that like, I think you're the only one I know that's like actually married, has young kids. You have a business outside of this. You train and you compete at the same time. So my question is, how do you balance all of that? Like, how do you balance your training? Because I know some guys who they want to get in, they want to get into weight training, and they have a hard time. It's like, man, I got my job, I got my family. So how do you do it? You know. People come to me and they go, you know, that'd be great if I could do this or I could do that. But, you know, I've got this in my way or that in my way. And um, I try to lead by example. And there really isn't anybody that can come up with an excuse not to come to the gym if I can make it to the gym or do those things. It comes down to prioritization. Is it important to you? And I challenge you, if you're not finding the time, to really monitor what you do on a daily and weekly basis. And you'll find that, oh, well, you've got time to watch that sitcom or drink a beer and watch the game on Sunday or, you know, there's, but it also relates to things that I'm not good at too because um, in that prioritization, I really let a lot of things that, um, I, I guess it's like laundry or things like that, you know, that continue to repeat over and over in our tasks, I just don't do. Yeah. Um, which sometimes, you know, that can be difficult. It can be difficult, um, you know, on the home life and things like that yeah. as well. But um, you think about it. I'm, so just a little bit about the things that I do. So for the last 18 years, um, you know, I've been managing manufacturing businesses. The last uh, 10 years, I've been doing like company uh, or division turnaround work. Um, the last eight years, I've been at the corporate executive level, you know, where, you know, whether the company is going to make it or you're going to, you know, the, or whether, you know, everybody there is going to have a job um, falls on your shoulders. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going down from negotiations and dealing with banks and, you know, difficult stuff. And then I own my gym. I've got my family. <laughs> you got a gym on the side. <laughs> um, and then I've got my hobbies and all that other stuff too, right? Um, and, oh, and I'm training to be the best in the world. Um, you know, that, that mixture of stuff, you really have to know what's important and just drop the things that aren't so many people like in my work, um, you know, I come in and I have a tremendous impact on companies 
and the teams that I, that I work with. But I'm usually replacing somebody that's done tasks, and yeah. you know, I, I I strip it down, and you know, the things that are important are, you know, how I impact leadership, and how I delegate, and how I you know, and, and you know how I how I motivate people, and and you know, it's not the fact that I've done this report or done that report or been kept up on timekeeping or you know all these other you know daily stuff that people like to people like to feel that they're doing work <laughs> like to feel that they're busy and so they do stuff yeah but is that stuff if we get back to that vision is that the stuff that's moving you forward is it effective right right is it is it that that that's going to help you reach that vision or is it just something that's on your list for, t- for today that I got to run to Walgreens or I got to do this. I mean, th- that stuff is there, but, um, you know, you've got to figure out how to drop that stuff, how to eliminate it, how to automate it, you know, and, uh, you know, cut out the crap. Cut out the crap. Do you have a TV? Um, I didn't until I met my wife. <laughs> that's so, how, yeah, that's all I always guess. I didn't have a TV. Yeah. It just, it, it, stuff like that eats up too much time. Yeah. And so I do watch TV. Um, I watch a couple shows that my wife watches because that's some time that we spend together. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't touch it. Yeah. Do you do you do like some purposeful planning? Like, do you like plan your week out or your day out, or is it just sort of you have big picture goals, and if some task doesn't line up with that goal, you're just like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm. Unfortunately, I'm. I'm really good at like capturing a lot of different detail and complexity mentally. Um. It, it, I don't know. It's just it, it's a weird gift that I that I've got. So good for you. So um, it allows me to to do a lot of that without you know necessarily planning. But um, but I do at times have to break down and do that. Um, so it, it it it's variable. That's okay. It's variable. Well, it's it's uh, inspiring uh, what you've done. So I mean, whenever I read about your life, I'm like, man, I need to get my act together. I need to. It's a kick in the <laughs> well, pants. If it if it makes it any easier though, I have so as of two weeks ago walked away from my my corporate career. Okay, so what are you doing now? Are you doing the the training or uh, coaching? So yeah, I'm doing. I, I'm basically well. I've got the I've got the gym as one business, and then uh, the other business which I've been which I launched at the beginning of this year um, is developing um, innovative products and coaching uh, services. Uh, you know. To help people be better, and so you know, I've got the shoulder rock. I've got, um, I've got the uh, Duffin movement series that I'm working on publishing right now. Um, so anyway, I've just, and then the coaching, uh, the online coaching piece. Um, so that's the stuff that I'm doing. And basically, you know, I've been, you know, we're talking about prioritizing and doing all this stuff, but at the same time, you've got to really look and look at that, that list of stuff that I talked about, and really, that's not even grasping all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I run. I sprint all day long until it's ready to crash, until I fall over, and that—that's how I operate, and that's how I've gotten through my life and gotten where I'm at. Um, so there is prioritization too, but there's also been—I'm burning out. Just, yeah, I'm just flat burning out, and I've never really been able to. Also, on the competitive side, you know, I probably only got a few years left to really try to achieve what I feel I'm capable of on the athletic side, and. Uh, you know, I'm at a just kind of at a weird point in my life where, you know, climbing that corporate ladder, trying to make more money, trying to do all this stuff just isn't a priority for me anymore. Yeah. And um, so, you know, the last couple of years have been pretty tough on me. 
um, with, uh, you know, trying to keep everything going. And also, I'm just getting older and trying to sprint the way I have. I'm not able to really do anymore. And uh, so so anyway, it's it's pretty exciting changes for me uh, right now is the fact that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking officially taking a step away from that I'm sitting in my home office right now <laughs> i'm either here or at my gym office uh uh these days and uh uh you know that's that's the path forward for me and i'm really excited about it that's so, cool congratulations and then you're, yeah new season in, in your life it's awesome yeah and it, it and it's allowing me to really focus on what i'm passionate about i mean if you watch any of my videos i'm sure you can see where my passion falls and um you know i, I just don't see the need to chase a career that I don't care that much about anymore. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents, to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget, with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? Well, it's one of the first things I did. I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. 
ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the Masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of knowing a negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. So that's awesome. Good for you, man. So uh, we've talked some big picture stuff. I, I, I'm going to get some get some specifics. I got a world class lifter here, so it, I'd be amiss of not asking you some training questions. Um, but what are the biggest roadblocks you've encountered with your training and coaching um, that guys encounter that stall their progress in the gym? So. There's a couple things. Um, one is that consistency. You know, I see people get fired up and they'll come in for three months, maybe six months and just kill it. And then they just kind of taper off and taper off. And I'm like, you know, you've got to keep going. Or, you know, if you can't hold that pace, find a pace that you can hold. Or you get the, the other side of the coin where, you know, you've got people that you've been training with for years and they come in and they do the heavy lifts and they're gone and they're not putting in the work. And they, you know, they're always going, how do you get as strong or be where you're at? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm here for an extra hour and a half after you are every damn day, year over year. It kind of has an impact. Um, so those are the two things. There's really, you know, understanding the long-term uh, game. This isn't NASCAR. It doesn't happen at 200 miles an hour. Um, you know, you've got to put in work and, you know, the fact that you busted your ass for three months and then took a month off and now you're back at it again really has an impact. You've got to consistently stay with it and you've got to put in the work. So, you know, that's, 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 that's the two things that I see. I mean, it is, it is cumulative. It takes time. It takes dedication. Anybody that you see that has, you know, any level of, of, you know, you know, world class or size or anything of that nature, they put in the time. Um, you're usually talking to somebody that's been at it for ten or fifteen years. So, what do you say to those guys? One thing I've I've seen happen a lot with uh, guys who never lifted. They start lifting and they get those newbie gains, right? I mean, they just get really. They're every week they're setting PRs, they're getting bigger, and then all of a sudden just comes to a, a standstill, and they just get frustrated and they stop. Um, is there like any, I don't know, mindset shift or like anything you can tell those guys who have reached that plateau that just keep chugging along? Yeah. I mean, you actually even see this on the very elite level. So I, I, I see this all the time. Like, um, you know, I'll see somebody that's been training for a couple years and they're like, they're doing phenomenal. Everybody's like, man, they are going to be the next greatest thing of powerlifting. And I always just, okay, we'll wait and see because two years does not tell, tell you that. <laughs> um, 
because you know what's going to happen is they are going to slow down you know or the gains are going to quit coming or they're going to injure themselves and you know the long term thing is you have to figure out how to work around that stuff you have to figure out how to make this part of your life a lifestyle um, you've got to figure out again you know how to work through you know those issues that come up how to stay focused and dedicated when you know maybe I'm there's going to be a year where you're going to work and maybe your bench press moves up five pounds. <laughs> I've gone for years with zero moves on my bench press. And, um, you know, you, you've got you've to learn to love what you're doing. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if you, you're going to reach that phase, no matter who you are, and you've got to understand that, uh, you know, that's, that, that's part of it. And focus on the pieces that are moving and try to work on always have some sort of goal that you can be working on. So it doesn't have to be the, well, if my bench press doesn't move up 10 pounds in the next three months, I'm a failure. But, you know, am I making progress in some other area? Am I getting more functional? Am I moving this area up? And am I working, am I getting my work capacity up? There's so many things you've got to look at in different ways. And, uh, you know, also being willing to stay disciplined without having that positive reinforcement of making gains like you did when you started. So, you know, that's, that, that's, that's the thing. You've got to figure out how to do that. Okay. Um, what's your uh, thoughts on accessory work? You mentioned the, the shoulder rock, right? Can you explain what that is? And uh, you, it's sort of like a mace, right? Is that what that is? Yeah, it, so it's a classical play on a, uh, an instrument that's been a long, around a long time, the, the uh, gata or the mace. Um, which is uh, was used in classical fighting cultures uh, for shoulder development. Um, mine is a, I guess you would call it a modern version of that. Um, it's a little bit longer. It's loadable with uh, standard Olympic plates. Um, that does a, a few different things without trying to spend too much time on it. And then I've got a, uh, uh, a coaching video that goes with it that is very clean, very refined on how to get someone up to speed on doing a proper swing, and then also integrating that swing pattern uh, with some of the developmental kinesiology pieces um, to really get the, the the shoulder plugged into the core properly, which that's where the breakdown comes with it causes a, a lot of uh, shoulder issues from both um, the trained people and the non-trained people. I could go into a dissertation on that for quite a while, but I'll try, I'll, I'll try not to. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, it's basically uh, you're swinging it around uh, over your head, down around behind you, and basically actively opening up the shoulders. Um, so it's with, a, with an eccentric load. Instead of, instead of, like, mobility, you know, like stretching work, you're actually actively opening them up. And then you're actually engaging all the supporting structures from lats, the subscap, everything. And then the way I teach it, you've actually got that integrated into the core um, which does a developmental reset, um, and uh, so it it's it, it's a great tool because you're you know you're 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 getting a workout in. You're actually getting up to speed, and you're getting improved flexibility. You're getting improved, uh, like I said, mobility, stability, and strength all in one. Um, so it's something I'm really passionate about. I've trained uh, some of the best bench pressers in the world on it. They've absolutely Loved it. Helped a number of people with uh, rehab, post-surgery rehab. Actually, uh, in particular, uh, Eric Spoto, the best bench presser in the world. Um, I did his uh, uh, 
uh, shoulder rehab uh, training plan, and we integrated the shoulder rock, and he's had absolutely phenomenal success. Um, I've again getting tremendous feedback from 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 around the world. I've been shipping it around the world um, from people, and uh, it's people just love it too. That's that's the awesome piece. Is it's yeah. not this extra piece that you've got to do. Like I get I get so frustrated that. That's where a lot of newbies, I think, go wrong. Maybe I should have gone into this conversation. Is I see so many people now that there's so much content on uh, mobility work, and they'll spend like 45 minutes like stretching and rolling and you know doing all this stuff on the floor, and then go over and train for 15 minutes and go home. And <laughs> you know what? They don't make any progress. Yeah. But mobility is so important. Well, yes, but you've got to understand actually what mobility is. Um, so mobility issues are typically caused by a shutdown. I mean, the body is, that's its response to try to protect yourself. If you get knocked out, you've got mobility in all directions. Um, and so I, 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 I do what's called magic tricks all the time uh, with people that, you know, they can't touch their toes and they've got pain at eight inches away. And I'll do some stability drills and all of a sudden they can touch their toes with no pain. It's awesome. Um, but it's just some of that, uh, that integration stuff. And at the same time, I mean, if you're going to go into the gym and lift weights, do you think laying down on the floor and relaxing and, you know, is really going to be the right, the right thing to get you primed to lift? You don't want to lay down on the floor, relax like massage style, relax. <laughs> Um, you know, that's stuff that, you know, if you've got issues, do some other time. Do after you train. Do on your off days. Um, you know, it doesn't mentally get you prepared, and honestly, it's not the best preparation for training. And I see so many people just kind of lose focus on that. I know I'm way off topic. No, this is great. Topic here, but, um, you know, I, I, I see it a lot with a lot of newbie stuff because of that there is so much content out there uh, on the mobility side, and people, like, think it's this super important piece. And, yes, it is important. But you've got to understand, you know, the issues are because you're lacking stability, one, so let's work on that, and let's get the muscles firing properly. So all this should be actually happened in a in movement. You need to move before you train, not lay and relax. So, and that's kind of the fundamental of the shoulder rock as well. You know, it's, you know, I have people that get the gains and do it better, more efficiently. They spend a couple minutes doing that, and bam, they're ready to go with training, um, so that's kind of the fundamental thought process behind my whole approach, which is, which is clinically based. Yeah. So, um, so do you, um, with, the, with like that accessory work, like the shoulder rock, do you do it the day you lift or is it like you do it on a, like an off day? Like when should people incorporate things like that? So if you've got like, um, so what I do is prior to training and this is, this is my whole fundamental approach. Um, you're going to do movement-based stuff to get things firing properly. If you're going to come in and squat and deadlift, a big problem people have is, um, and this is a, leads into mobility issues as well, um, but they've been sitting at their desk or they're sitting in their car and, in traffic or doing all these things, so glutes usually aren't firing. If the glutes aren't firing, you get shortening of the psoas. You know, um, you know, you've got tightness in those areas. That automatically pulls the hip forward. And if the hip isn't centrated properly, it's not integrated into the core properly. Going off way off base again, but I'll, I'll pull it back in. So anyway, as that happens, you don't have proper centration in the joint. You don't have stability in the core. Well, the hips are going to the hips are going to tighten up, um, or you're going to have anterior pelvic tilt as you lift, which is going to cause disc issues. Um, 
because you're you're not able to lift effectively. So back to clean this up nice and simple and concise is I'm going to do some movements that are get my glutes firing properly. So I'm going to real quick, you know, do some goblet squats, a few sets of 10, see how things feel. Going to do some rear leg elevated squats, uh, 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 rear leg elevated or Bulgarian um, squats um, with kettlebells or with my body weight or dumbbells. Boom, 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 hit those and do a couple other specialty things that I have to help with that. And then I'm going to move into training and I'm going to be warmed up already. It's going to shorten my, my warm-up cycle. My mobility is actually going to be improved and my performance lifting and my ability to lift safely is going to be better. Now, if I continue and I've, I've got major mobility issues because of, because of this stuff, that still needs, may need to be worked short-term. The long-term problem is, is to work on that stability pieces, but you may need to do that. So if you need to do that, you could do your stretching and your mobility work, like let's say with the hips in this example, after you work out or on your off day. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the approach there. Before I bench and before I squat, I'm going to do some shoulder rocks, open up the shoulders, get things integrated in better, um, and then move into my training. I'm going to do my core lifts, and then I'm going to do like three supporting movements that, 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 that work that. So after I bench, I'm going to do some triceps, like I'm going to do some shoulders. And I'm going to work on trying to develop some hypertrophy. So, you know, I'm going to be doing, you know, three or four sets of 10 to 12 or maybe even higher if it's like, uh, you know, glute work. I may be working up towards 100 reps over four sets. Um, so, so that's the basis of the approach is move, get things firing properly, get proper joint centration before you train, which is going to shorten your training, your, your warm-up cycle, get you better prepared. If you've got mobility work that you need to do and it isn't getting resolved with those alone, do it on your off days. Um, so that, that, that that's it in a nutshell. Awesome. Um, so I think one thing a lot of guys have trouble with, because you mentioned like there's all this content out there now about training, but there's even a crap more about nutrition. And I think that's where a lot of guys just get, I, even I, I'm like, what, should I do low carb, carbs, like protein? like So... <sighs> Do you guys overly complicate the nutrition aspect of training? Do you think? I think so. Um, there, the thing is, there is a lot of different ways um, because there's so many diets have a different level of impact on lifestyle. They require a different level of discipline, and they have different outputs as well. And then people respond differently as well. So, so there's a lot of stuff, and people don't take that into consideration that. You know, they'll bash on one diet or bash on another uh, because it's not as effective. Well, guess what? That may be the diet for you because of what you have going on in life and your level of discipline and your goals. Um, so it, it really does become relative. But people do get way too complicated on it. I mean, um, you know, it comes down to it is calories in and calories out. If you're training, you want to have a decent amount of protein. Um, you're going to need carbs to support training unless you're, you know, really desperate for, or you're really functional, not a lot of people are going to be able to do full keto. Um, so, you know, you're going to have basically 1.3 to 1.4 grams of protein per pound of body mass. Um, carbs are going to be around the same, 1.3 to 1.4. If you're trying to gain weight and add some extra mass, maybe you're going up to 1.7, 1.8 as far as carbs. 
Um, great way. Now, if you're getting some good carbs and good protein for, for energy and recovery, you're probably going to want to keep the fats a little bit low just so that your calories don't go through the roof. So, you know, if you keep your fats between, you know, 150 or 100 grams, um, you know, you're going to make good gains. You're going to train well and you're going to progress well. But like I said, there's a lot of different approaches, a lot of different ways, um, to do that. And, uh, so, um, you know, I know people that have had great success on keto diets. I know how, you know, uh, like I said, it's, there's a lot of different ways, but honestly, I just gave you a pretty basic pretty approach one. to that. If you want to gain weight, you know, target putting 500 calories per day on top of your normal diet. Maybe start with 250, bump it to 500. If you want to start losing weight, take out 250 to 500 calories a day and you'll slowly drop weight. If you want to know how many calories your base metabolic rate is, track everything that you eat without making any changes for two weeks. We're talking weigh it and put it into fit day or wherever you need to to calculate your macros. And if you're gaining weight or losing weight, you know, basically it's 3,500 pounds or 3,500 calories per pound of fat. So if you're gaining you know, a pound a month a week or a pound uh, of fat a month, you know, your, your, that, and you've calculated, you know, your, your, your daily calories are 3000 calories a day. Well, there's an extra 3,500 per month. So roughly just under a thousand calories in excess on top of that. So means you're around 2,200, you know, calories. Does that math make pretty Yeah, that sense? makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Now you want to gain or lose, you know, the, where you're at, you know, maybe every year or two, you know, your, your metabolism does change and it does change based on the amount of work. So maybe six months or a year, if you, or if you've cha- made big changes to your training program, do the same process again. Maybe your base is now 3000. Okay. Do you want to gain? Do you want to lose? Do you want to maintain? Okay. It's all right there. All right there. So it just depends on your goals. Right. It, it does. Yeah. I think one thing I see with a lot of guys who start lifting is that they don't have any gains, right? They're not, they just feel weak all the time. Like, well, what are you eating? And like, well, I'm doing like the paleo diet. I'm like, dude, you need more carbs. Like, you do. You do. And that's why I said it's like I said, some people really succeed with that. But honestly, from a performance standpoint, paleo or keto are not performance diets. Yeah. You've got to have carbs in there. That's why I said so. Um, and if you're adding carbs in there, you know, the success of paleo and ketos have a lot of high levels of fat. So, you know, you're going to, so your, so your calories don't go to the roof. You're going to have to drop some of those out. Um, so it, it, it really isn't rocket science. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so if you, if basically if you're being responsible with, you know, get enough protein, be responsible with your carb and fat intake. Um, but I do see a lot of people that just simply don't eat enough, um, you know, they, especially people that are, you know, the ones that can't gain weight, they always say, oh, I eat a ton. And trust me. <laughs> They're not eating a ton. Go, go input everything that you eat and you will find out that they simply don't. I mean, I got on Reddit the other day and <laughs> and uh, somebody had posted uh, like Jim Windler. So Jim Windler's a power lifter, yeah. uh, did some stuff with Elite FTS. Um, he's got a pretty good uh, entry-level uh, training program uh, for people, ebook style stuff. And... Uh, Somebody had posted his diet up, and they're like, oh, my God, how can he possibly eat that much a day? Is that a joke? And I'm looking at it, I'm like, 
this is your people's problem. I mean, yeah. seriously, that's a diet for me. <laughs> like, that is a diet. I would be losing weight like crazy if I ate that little. And these people are like freaking out going, how does he eat that much? You know, you just got to start building it up. Yeah. You know, it's like anything else. So uh, there, was, there was a funny video where some like, I guess, did you see how The Rock posted his diet? It was like, like 10 pounds of food a day and it was like cod like with every meal and this guy this guy tried to follow the rock diet and like he ended up throwing up at three o'clock <laughs> just too much food it was pretty funny yeah and, and you gotta and i mean you, you just gotta I mean, you're not gonna turn that on I mean, yeah you just gotta acclimate yeah if you're not the rock yet don't eat the rock diet if you're 150 pounds don't eat the diet that's gonna that a 270 pound eater is gonna but you're gonna you know, guess what? You're going to need to eat more if you want to get up to 220 pounds. <laughs> exactly. It costs, it costs a lot of energy to weigh that much. It does. It does. All right, so let's get talking about – you're doing some great – you're talking about you, you quit the corporate gig. You're doing the uh, full-time coaching and stuff. And you're doing some really interesting things with technology uh, with, with the online coaching. Can you talk a little bit about your new program that you've come out with? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, um, obviously I've been – I'm pretty effective with, you know, my training programs on myself. Um, uh, I'm a pretty strong guy in general, but you know, I'm not, I'm not terribly gifted, um, on that end. And it's just been a lot of years of hard work and figuring things out, had ton of success with taking a lot of other people just, you know, to the same levels. Um, you know, I've got tons of number one, number two, number three, number four ranked men and women in the world that I've trained. And these are not people like a West Side Barbell that they're recruiting people. I'm taking people from the lo- my local Portland, Oregon, you know, training area, and you know, you know, making them, making them the best. And uh, so I've been playing around with um, basically velocity-based uh, training methodology for the last few years. Um, I've got uh, a couple items that are they're made in Australia, but they're. Uh, um, you know, basically measuring bar speed and power output, but they're pretty expensive. But uh, I've really refined my approach with that. And uh, so, from an online aspect, I'm I'm starting to get involved with that because now I've got the capability. So I talked about I'm filming the Duffin Movement series. So I'm I'm really developing this really in-depth library of both clinical and training knowledge. It's like an, there's like ten hours worth of content that that's going into this library. Um, but between that and the the velocity based uh, uh, training, so there's some new pieces that have come out that are much more economical. You know, they sell for 189, not 2,200 dollars, which makes it a viable option on a on a on for a daily person. And the value in the velocity based training is really not training around velocity parameters per, per se, but using it as an auto regulation tool. And what auto-regulation is, is basically managing um, both uh, CNS fatigue and fatigue accumulation and making changes to the training program prior to the fact of you going over the cliff or whatever and basically managing the training based on how your body's responding. And if we get into like the science of training, I mean the most researched methods in the world come out of, you know, the Russian, the Eastern European block. I mean, they, they, they covered people over cycle, over cycle, over cycle. Uh, in cycle, I mean Olympic cycle. So, you know, that's a four-year cycle, and they did multiple of these. So, you know, it's research over like 20, 30-year periods on athletes. And uh, in the end, you know, variability, so varying both intensity 
and um, and and volume parameters has a huge impact. And the most it's it's not progressive loading, but variability over basically four week periods of time. And so, from a planning aspect, you can really dial down very intricate and effective plans based off of these methods. But and this is where like the auto regulation comes in that I'm doing is we talked about my life and I know you've got stuff going on in your life but you know these these athletes that they did the research on they were athletes and they were athletes in the eastern bloc that wanted to show the world that they were the best and they worked in a compound and they didn't have family around and they didn't have jobs their job was to wake up to eat to train to eat get a massage and train again and the only variable was um, was training so for all the rest of us you know guess what <laughs> you know a bad day at work an argument with the wife bad traffic and all these other things feed on top of your training plan and I don't know how to manage that without like really getting feedback and uh, so anyway, my online training system, so a client, I send them basically this gyroscope that goes on their arm, and that feeds to a portal. I write a program based on, so I'm basically, I look at filming, uh, so my assessment period takes several weeks. I'm reviewing their lifts, um, how they're moving, and I am re- basically developing a training plan based around what their goals are, where they are in the life cycle of an athlete. How they're moving, which it deals with exercise selection, what I have them doing from a prehab, rehab standpoint, and basically a lot of feedback from that Duffin Movement Series and all that library. And then I write this training program. In my training program, I load into this, uh, uh, this, uh, this portal, which feeds right to their iPhone or Android phone or basically their, their mobile device. So it'll pull up for their day of training. They've got uh, right there on their mobile device, which is linked to the, the band on their wrist um, or on their arm, and uh, it'll have the training plan, but it'll also be based on variables. So, so that's how I'll, I'll auto-regulate and is, is um, basically, um, basically around the parameters. So they'll be lifting, and, and uh, so as they're lifting, it'll say, oh, you're going to do this exercise, and the video will be right there, and I'll be walking through my coaching points on their mobile device like I'm there, like I was there in person. And then um, then they'll be able to lift up to a certain weight based on the parameters. And if their CNS is fatigued, you know, instead of doing a 350-pound squat, maybe they work up to 325 um, because of, you know, a, you know, a fight or stress at work or any of those things. Or maybe they'll work up to 350 pounds, but because of a late-night bachelor party with a buddy, their fatigue accumulation is beyond what I expected as far as the training program I wrote because I can't anticipate that. So instead of doing the five sets I had planned, they can only do three. And again, that's because of the, the, the parameters that I'm telling them to train around. And, and they're getting the feedback right there on their mobile device saying, here's the speed that you're lifting at. So this is what you're able to lift to and so on. So, And then uh, all that's feeding right back into the portal. So I'm able on a weekly basis, so I'll, I'll review videos of their lift and see how they're improving. 
uh, and how they're moving based on the feedback I'm giving them. So I may assign some new corrective movement patterns. I may change the exercise in their training program. I may change what they're doing from an activation pattern prior to lifting. But I'm also seeing exactly how they're performing uh, and getting all the data of every set and every rep that they're lifting and then revising their training plan from there. So it's it's some pretty cool stuff. I mean, um, so from a, I call it virtual coaching because really it is, um, you know, I, there's a ton of people that do online coaching and they write, you know, they they give this template or that template and they may, you may as well just buy their ebook because that's really all it is. Um, but here I'm creating an individualized plan based on how someone's moving and, uh, you know, using some um, some some very in-depth methodology from a movement perspective on how I do that. Doing auto-regulation and from the, the client perspective, I mean, they've got their the private uh, content on coaching and moving right there on their mobile device. They're getting feedback on their lift um, and which is telling them what to do if I was there as far as calls for weights and number of sets. And then you know, I'm getting that data and using that for, for refining their plans for the future and how they're responding to that plan. Um, so, so anyway, it, it, it's pretty cool stuff. That is some cool stuff. Where can people find out about that? Uh, it's on my website, kabukiwarrior.com. So there's some details on uh, uh, training plan. I'm, you know, I'm, it's, it, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's really for like, you know, if you've trained for like 18 months or better, um, so it's not like off the shelf. Um, so if you're, if you're coming in uh, and haven't trained before, probably don't need to use it um, but uh, really a lot of intermediate uh, to uh, to advanced lifters um, I do train elite lifters the best of the best as well but uh, um, that's really where this is kind of targeted is, is, is your intermediate to advanced lifters and uh, yeah it's 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 great so that's awesome well Christoph this has been a fascinating discussion a lot of great takeaways from here thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it appreciate the opportunity our guest today was Chris Duffin. He is a world record-setting powerlifter as well as weightlifting coach. You can find out more about his work at kabukiwarrior.com, also at Elite Fits. That's E-L-I-T-E-F-T-S.com. He writes content there. Also, make sure to check out his YouTube channel. If you are interested in powerlifting, weightlifting, he's got a lot of great free content there to help you improve your lifting. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, uh, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review on iTunes, on Stitcher, whatever it is you use to listen to the podcast. Also, the best compliment you could give us is recommending the podcast to your friends. Uh, I'd really appreciate that. Until next time, this is Brett McKay telling you to stay manly. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast paced world, Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. 
so you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.